Hi, you've just downloaded or otherwise accessed a podcast of Cross Point Church and the teaching ministry presented through our weekly Sunday morning worship. Feel free to burn a copy of this file when you're finished and pass it along to a friend you think might also benefit from the teaching. We hope you enjoy the message today, and thanks again for taking the time to visit. Ever been in seemingly a tunnel where you're, you can't really see where you're going, where you've been, you're just trying to forge ahead, and you see a light, hopefully at the end, and and hope that it's not an oncoming, oncoming train, but that it's genuinely a light that you need to see. I've been talking about this this past month, uh, the idea of God rescuing us, and he does that uh, in numerous ways. We've talked about several, God rescuing us from ourselves, God rescuing us from trials, rescuing us from our culture. Today, <clears throat> our culture is in darkness. Some know it and willingly walk in it. Many are blinded to it, can't see it, can't recognize it. We're in, we are in, in, in a culture that's uh, permeated by darkness. And I want us to see today from this text not only how to navigate that, but come out on the other side, rescued and with a louder and more resounding witness than we had before. Look with me, if you will, at Colossians chapter 1. We're going to look at verses 9 through 14 together of Colossians 1. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Now, four things from this text today I think we need to glean here. The first of which is this, is that rescue from darkness requires understanding his will. Understanding the will of God. Look at verse 9 again. For this reason, since the day we heard, we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We, we continually ask, watch this, for God to fill you with the knowledge of his will. For God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding the Spirit gives. Understanding the will of God for the believer, I think, is perhaps the most important task a believer can have. Uh, and what do I mean when I talk about the will of God? Well, I mean the unique things that he has gifted you to do and called you to do, when, those, when that calling and gifting walks together, you see a place of fulfillment, a place of fruit bearing, and a place where you understand what the center of God's will is for your life. Your success or failure in your, in your walk with him, oftentimes in your vocation, certainly in life in general, your success or failure has a lot to do with understanding and walking out the will of God for your life. Uh, about your vocation, about your family, about your, your, your uh, peripheral friends. Now, the enemy knows that. He knows that if you know that, you're going to walk in victory. He knows that if you know that, you're going you're to live a life of impact, a life of influence. So, he wants to do everything he can to keep you from discovering it. But, God wants us to discover it. And, and hear this. I hope I say this a dozen times in this message. 
<clears throat> it's not some carrot God's dangling out there. If you do all the right things, you know all the right verses, you give all the right, you know, you're, you're a faithful tither, you serve Jesus, you're in church. It's not a carrot he's dangling out there. So stop believing that if I know more, do more, serve more, I'll see more. That's not the way it works. You, you see more and understand more, as we'll see this unfold in just a moment, by how in tune we are with his word and his spirit and those two things walking together in our life. Now, the more I see and understand, the more I'm going to want to serve him, the more I'm going to want to walk that out, and, and the more obvious and, and evident my faith is, faith is going to be. But it's not God saying, if you get here, then you can see this. No, if you get here, <laughs> then you can see this. And you start walking and listening to the Spirit, you'll, you'll see and understand more for, for what God's design for you is. Now, verse 9 tells us how we do this. It's through all the wisdom and understanding the Spirit gives. That's what that phrase means. It means to, to seek God's wisdom, to seek His understanding, to seek His, His, His plan for us, and His will will, will become uh, grow, into, grow into a clearer focus for us. Uh, his word will often reveal the broad strokes, but to get the details of, of what, your, what your God's will for your life is, you've got to be in tune with the voice of his spirit. Now, he, he speaks to his, to, to his children differently because we're wired differently. The things that get our attention are different. So how God speaks to me may not be how he speaks to you all the time, but he, he will have a unique way of getting your attention, whether it's through music, through, through the written word, through, a, through a, uh, just uh, oftentimes... God speaks to me more clearly in silence. When I'm not singing, when I'm not reading, when I'm not praying. Now, he does sometimes in those ways, but more clearly I hear his voice. I mean, there's absolutely nothing going on, especially me. Now, I don't know how he speaks to you, but I challenge you, if you've not found that, 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 that avenue, that, that road, which he can consistently walks down to speak to you to get your attention, try that. Try silence first and see if that works. That's how he speaks to me. But I, we've got to hear the, spirits, de de hear the Spirit to get the details of His will and His plan for us. And so if we don't hear Him, we're never going to get that. Now, there are two things I want to, to point out today that, are always, that always coincide with the will of God in your life, in my life, in every life. Two things are peace to begin with. And by, by that I mean is I'm in the place, both relationally, uh, vocationally, circumstantially, spiritually, that God wants me to be. If I'm in that place, I'm going to have and find his peace. The second thing is productivity. If I'm, if I'm in, in the will of God, my life's going to be productive. It's going to produce. It's going to, I'm, I'm going to live a life of influence. My life is going to impact those around me in a significant way. He doesn't want us in darkness about his will. Productivity brings us to the second point, and that's this. Not only... To rescue from darkness requires understanding his will, but rescue from darkness requires living a fruitful life. Living a fruitful life, look at verse 10. He says there, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way. Watch this. Bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. Bearing fruit in every good work. This is where the productivity side of, of the will of God comes into play. It's where it kicks in. A couple of things are also true about a fruitful life. One is this, is the task of life, be it at home, be it at work, be it uh, in church, be it someplace else, the tasks of life are much easier to stay motivated for when you're in the will of God. When you're out of the will of God, you dread those things. You, you, you dread work, you dread church, you dread a lot of things because I'm not getting it. I'm not motivated by it. 
when you're walking in God's plan, design, will for you, those things are far easier to find motivation to do. Uh, a significant point. The, the second is this, is that we have a more consistent influence when we find the will of God in our life is fruitful and productive. Our influence increases. Uh, it's, and that changes from time to time. Your influence may be, you know, you, may, you don't have influence over folks you went to junior high school and high school with anymore. <clears throat> but you have influence where you are and where God's placed you today. And so as that evolves and as that changes from time to time, the, 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 you will see that influence grow. But hear this, the, the, the fruit of a Christian is another Christian. The fruit of a believer is another believer. So that ultimately, your influence needs to bear out in someone else's life to where they, they come to know Christ as a result of your walking with them and in front of them, and they're seeing you walking in the will of God and finding his plan for you. They'll, they'll want that for themselves and start to ask questions. What, what's different? You handle money differently than I do. Your marriage is different than mine is. Your priorities and values are different than mine is. We, 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 you, you, you work harder than I do. What's, what's different about you than me? Well, several years ago, and over a process of time, I discovered the will of God for my life. I discovered his plans for me. And it moved me from, from a lack of understanding into the darkness started to flee, and a light started to come on for me in, in the sense of, here's what God wants me to do. Here's his design for me. It has been all along. Notice in the phrase that follows here as well, the results of, of a fruitful life is a more mature walk, a walk of deeper faith. He says they're growing in the knowledge of God, meaning that as we walk that out, as our life starts to produce, the, the growth starts to occur. Why? Because I, when I start to produce, I become hungrier. When I squeeze the sponge out, I want to fill it back up again to squeeze it back out in the world, to come back to church and back to him, fill it back up again, to squeeze it back out again. And, and that process creates a hunger in us to where we seek his word, seek his spirit, seek his understanding, to where that, that process feeds us and we grow in our faith. Our faith is deeper than it was before and more mature. Our, our understanding of, of the Lord is deeper. Our understanding of his word is more clear. Um, so the more fruitful my, and mature my life is, the easier it becomes to see and walk in the will of God to recognize that and step into it. Uh, not only is, is the, the darkness and the enemy uh, present, but he will call us out from time to time and say, are you serious? Is this really what you think God has for you? Why, why aren't you more productive than you are in this arena if you, if you believe that's God, where God wants you to be? He, he will attack that knowing, knowing that he's, he's the master of darkness. He's going to come after us. Um, we'll, we'll see what his will is and walk in it. In doing that, we not only rescue ourselves from the darkness of not understanding what his will and his plan for us, we rescue others as well. Because they see that in us, that'll be desirous for them. They're going to want to ask, as I say, ask questions and, and understand more about the process of what makes you different? What makes you tick differently than I do? I want to, I want to get what that is. So this question must be asked at this point, is your life bearing fruit? Here's an even tougher question. Will anybody be in heaven because of you? Do you know for certain someone else will be in heaven because of you, because of your walk, your witness, your influence, your encouragement, your prayers, your friendship, a relationship with you? Has it led to someone else coming to Christ? That, that sense of productivity, I don't ask that question to create pressure. I ask that question to, to, to create some sense of, whew, 
That's, that's something I don't think about every day because I'm okay. My family's okay. Everybody, my, my, my close friends know Jesus, but there are those that God's placed in my path at work, at the bank, where, where our kids play ball. There are those that God's placed in my path that need to come to know him as he placed them there for me and me there for them. Is there, any, is there any fruit being born in your life? If not, it could be either that you don't know him personally or that you haven't yet discovered God's will and plan and design for your life. But rescue from darkness requires understanding his will, requires living a fruitful life. Thirdly, rescue from darkness requires endurance and patience. Endurance and patience. Look with me at verse 11. <clears throat> being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience. So that you may have great endurance and patience. The very thing I want you to see here is that endurance and patience doesn't come from you. That's a God thing. It's not a human thing. Now, yes, like physical endurance, you can work out and get in good shape and walk and exercise and your body can endure more than it can without those things. Spiritual endurance is not a human thing. It's a God thing. So that the more we exercise our hunger to understand his word, to walk out our faith in the world and around others in front of us, the greater that, that sense of endurance is going to grow, the greater that sense of patience and confidence is going to grow. Uh, it comes from a God. That's an important truth to know because our frustration and our endurance with patience uh, that we can't muster up, that frustration is going to be a continuous frustration. And you're not going to be able to muster it up. As I say, that's a God thing. So we ask him for those things. Those are, those are his to do and his to, to, to develop in us. So stop letting the enemy beat you up or beat you down with, with, with how easy it is for you to get frustrated, how, how seemingly difficult it is for you, for you to understand God's plan and will and design for your life. Stop letting him beat you up about that because it's not a you thing. That endurance and patience is a God thing. Let him do what he's designed to do. Uh, my kids often ask me questions, you know, sometimes about what, what should we do about this? What, what should, where do you see God in this? And my response is usually, that's between you and him, not me and him. And I encourage you to give him room to work. Give him some space. Don't have to have it all figured out today or tomorrow. Give him some time. Give him some space. He'll step into that time and space if we give him opportunity to do that because he wants us to see and, and be reassured that it's come from him, not from dad or him, not from the pastor or him, not from a friend, but from him alone. He wants us to see those things. Those are God things. So um, if, as I say, it's important to ask him for those things and not trying to walk in our own strength when that happens. Um, in a culture of darkness, and we talked about that a little bit last week, about how we're under cultural attack and God rescues us from that. Uh, we're definitely going to need endurance to navigate our way through. It's a hard navigation. Then verse 12 shows us the fuel for the endurance and the patience. Look at what verse 12 says. And giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in his inheritance. The fuel for endurance, the fuel for patience is gratitude. The more I can learn to be grateful for what God's given me, where he's placed me, you think, I don't have a lot to be grateful for. Sure you do. You live in a country where you have food to eat, where you have a roof over your head, where you have clothes to put on your back. You're, you're here in a church around people that love you and love the Lord today. You've got tons of things to be grateful for. 
Learn to be grateful for the, for the simplest of things God has, has given us. Gratitude is the fuel uh, for the reminder that we're no longer from here. We're from there. We're just visiting here, kind of like Monopoly. You get to, you get to go to jail, and you're either, you're either in the jail or you're just visiting one or the other. We're just visiting here. This is not our home. We're not designed for here. Once you were saved, you were designed for there. And the more comfortable you are here, the more dangerous your life is. The less comfortable you are here, the more God's going to start to use you to understand the fact that my citizenship has changed. That leads us to our fourth point. That's this. Not only does rescue from darkness require understanding his will and living a fruitful life, endurance and patience, but rescue from darkness requires understanding our identity. Understanding our identity. Look at verse 13 and 14 together with me. He says, For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Understanding our identity is this idea of him rescuing us from who we were into who we are, into who he's designed for us to be. Rescuing us from, from ourselves, as we looked at a few weeks ago, from trials, from cultural persecution. This is the ultimate rescue, though, that we see in here. The verse 2 speaks to, these two verses speak to the, the rescue that, that is from the dominion of darkness, meaning from the control, from the manipulation that darkness has in your life, and in the future, the kingdom of the sun. So he's rescuing us from the present darkness. He's rescuing us into the kingdom of his son, rescuing us into future, uh, our future in eternity with him. It's a, it's a twofold, two-headed rescue uh, that he's talking about here. Uh, so in, in essence, he's telling us to keep our eyes away from what the enemy is saying to us. He's, he's a liar. If, if his lips are open, he's lying. Keep our, our eyes and ears away from what the enemy is saying to us and keep our eyes and ears on what God is saying to us. He says to, to, to refocus our eyes on the kingdom that's to come, to retune our ears to what the voice of the Holy Spirit is saying, not what the enemy is saying. He's crafty. I just want to tell you, he's good. He's good at disguise. He's good at manipulation. He's good at a lot of things because he knows you pretty well. And in knowing you pretty well, the only way to combat him, as I've said many times, is with the Word of God and walking in tune with the Spirit's voice, listening to the Spirit's voice instead of the enemy's voice. So our identity then is not tied up and wrapped up in the here and now. It's tied up to, in the kingdom of his Son. He reminds us uh, in this last line that we've been redeemed and we've been forgiven. What a powerful message. Redeemed and forgiven. Redeemed and forgiven from what? Well, listen to 1 Thessalonians 1, verse 10. Wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us. Watch this. Rescues us from the coming wrath. Wrath is coming. Judgment is coming. If you and I know him as our Savior, we've been rescued from that. John 12, 31, 32 says this. This is Jesus speaking. He says, now is the time for judgment on this world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out. And I, when I am lifted up, will draw all men to myself. That's what he's talking about here in this idea of the kingdom to come. Uh, the kingdom that you and I are designed for, prepared for, wired for, and equipped for, but are left here to walk out his will and design for our life. So, this rescue from darkness, this rescue from a lack of understanding is a work of the Spirit and a work of the Word working together. If you're here and you're doubting whether or not God can, whether or not He does rescue you, ask yourself this. 
Why hasn't the darkness consumed you? If you're wondering and feeling like, man, I don't think I've experienced God's rescue. Why hasn't the darkness consumed you if you're a believer? Because you're his. That's the answer. The darkness hasn't consumed you because you belong to him, and he will not allow that to happen. Your soul is protected by the Spirit of God living in and indwelling in you. And because of that, he's got it. Uh, he's got his arms wrapped around you. He's got his, his spirit in you, protecting you. You're his. And the promises that are in this book, specifically in this text we've, we've seen today, are yours to claim, yours to walk out, yours to live. Uh, you're not consumed by the darkness because you belong to the, to the Son of God and you're guarded by the Spirit of God every day. Um, as I started this message to say, our culture is in deep darkness. And it is. Some willingly, some out of naivety. But we are walking in a culture that is deep, deeply in, in, in a state of darkness and desperately needs to see the light of Christ in you and in me being walked out in front of them. Desperately needs to see endurance and patience. Desperately needs to see someone who knows God's will and design for their life, <clears throat> who knows his plan for them, and is walking that out the best they know how. And I encourage you, uh, at least with me, God seldom gives me the whole picture. If he did, most of us would run. He gives us a piece at a time, a slice at a time, a bite at a time. And I know more today about God's will and plan and design for my life than I did 20 years ago, 30 years ago, because I learned to walk out what I know and live what I know. And he gives me another bite, another morsel, another, another glimpse, the, 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 the boundaries of the picture get broader and higher and wider the further I go. I understand that because I've seen enough of the evidence of his reinforcing his will in my life as I've tried this and failed at it, tried that and succeeded at it. I find God's blessing over here. God's blessing is going to follow God's will. As I find myself trying things that are, that are outside of God's will and it doesn't work, it's clear the Spirit's saying, Let's not, let's not go there anymore. Let's learn from this lesson. It's not that we're always following the path of least resistance, but we need to follow the hand of God's blessing. Where God opens the door and blesses, and our life starts to bear fruit and have influence, there's the will of God. And as I walk in that will, he's going to start to honor his word in me, through me, someone else. Let's pray. Father, today, I, I pray that sometimes... We feel like even though we're, we're, we know you as our Savior, we feel like we're in the dark about what your plan, what your design, what your will is for us. And I pray that today you'll, you'll pull the curtain back to say, it's not a carrot I'm hanging out here. It's not if you go to church this many times or memorize this many verses. That I'm going to show you what it is. It says you put feet to the faith that I've given you. It says you walk out with endurance, with, with patience, the doors that I open in front of you, the circumstances I bring into your path, for you to see me in them and walk in the truth of them. As I, as I do that, as I walk out that kind of obedience, you give us a glimpse of yourself and a glimpse of your plan and design for us. Our, our, our sense of purpose and direction changes because we understand here's where God is. I'm, I'm learning to follow his voice. I'm learning to listen to his spirit. I'm learning to feed on the hunger of his word and follow his voice. And as I do that, I start to discover and have reinforced day after day, year after year, 
your, your will and your plan for my life. It's not that we stay in darkness. It's that we be light in the middle of the darkness. It's that we have the boldness to give voice to what you're doing, what you're up to, where and how you're at work around us. Give us that boldness to seek your will and the confidence to walk it out once you give us a piece of it. And, and as our faith increases and as we just saw, as we mature, as we grow in, in the knowledge of you, our, our, our Christ-likeness begins to expand. Our influence begins to expand. And, and those around us start to see Jesus in us and desire that relationship and walk for themselves. Thank you for these reminders from your word. Help us to dig back into First Colossians when we are struggling and can't remember what, what, we're, what we're supposed to be about. Take us back there to say, I've rescued you from darkness. Don't stay in darkness. Act like you've been rescued from it and walk in the light of the truth of Scripture. Remind us of those things today, tomorrow, and the days to come. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to today's message from Cross Point Church, helping people navigate the journey toward an authentic, biblical, and contagious walk with Christ.